Hello, and welcome back to the Locked Up Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Quinn Benson, here with my co-host, Jake Negadin. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome back. And today, we are recording uh, the top five defensive players at every position. How we did this is we went through and we said, okay, every 3-4 scheme, all three defensive linemen will categorize as interior defensive linemen. All outside rushers, so outside linebackers in a 3-4 scheme are edge rushers, and then interior linebackers are interior linebackers. For a 4-3 scheme, our interior defensive linemen uh, are interior defensive linemen. Our edges, so your right end and your left end, are going to be your edge rushers. And then interior linebackers are going to be all three linebackers. Um, we just see edges as a different breed of linebacker. Like a TJ Watt is an edge rusher, right? He doesn't fall back in coverage much. Uh, but a Miles Garrett is also an edge rusher. He doesn't uh, fall back in coverage a lot. They play different positions technically due to scheme, but we thought they do the same thing. So that's how we're going to categorize them. Uh, we will be starting with uh, interior defensive linemen moving to edge, then interior linebacker, cornerback, and then safety. So Jake, if you're ready, I think we will probably um, be pretty similar on this interior defensive line class. All right, yeah, my number one, I feel like I was talking to Quinn about this earlier and I didn't even write anything down about it because I feel like it's just kind of, kind of like a common consensus around the league that Aaron Donald is the best interior defensive lineman. Yeah, and I, I agree 100%. Um, we actually talked about this on the last episode, like right after we recorded it, getting ready for this one. And you know, Jake was really starting to think about Chris Jones as, is he the best line, interior defensive lineman in the league? And to be quite honest, if you're looking at the statistics, uh, it won't show how close Jones is. Jones has been plagued by, I think, injuries in almost every season. He gets yeah. doubled uh, a lot Seven, more often. 70 percent of his snaps. Yeah, and, and Donald's 68 percent of the snaps. So both of them get double teamed a lot. Uh, Donald just gets double teamed slightly less, uh, but he actually gets to the pass rusher a lot more or has a better pass rush. Uh, he gets to the quarterback 24% of the time when he's doubled. So when you're looking at Aaron Donald and Chris Jones, I mean, Chris Jones, yes, he has better statistics if you're not looking at like advanced statistics, but Aaron Donald is a man among boys. And I know I use that phrase a lot, but when I do, I'm not trying to use it lightly. Uh, Aaron Donald's your number one, no doubt to me. And then I think it's easy to see, you know, Chris Jones, if he's on the field more, he can play more consistent. He is obviously your number two. And I would be very curious to see what he does if he goes back to a 3-4, because I think Chris Jones is a better player in a 3-4. I mean, I think... I think you look at it. I think he did fine in the 4-3. I think he took to it pretty well. Um, like you were talking about, like he had 70% of his snaps, he's double teamed. But he still was like able to have 27 pressures, eight tackles for loss, and 20 QB hits. Like he's still like he's still a beast. Like as much as like I think that's where the like that's why it's so hard to rank these top two interior defensive linemen is because Aaron Donald is so good. Like, I think people kind of, like, dismiss Chris Jones at some points in time because, like, he's just not on the field as much. And then there's just that overwhelming, like, consensus that Aaron Donald is just this absolute animal. And I mean, which he is, rightfully so. Yeah. 
I think at number three here, you may differ from me on this, um, but I actually have Kenny Clark. Um, I don't know if you have him in your top five, Jake. But when I you're look When you're looking at a nose tackle in the NFL, that's what uh, Kenny Clark is. But yet he can still move all over the field. Yet at nose tackle, which he played primarily last year, 78% of his snaps were taken at nose tackle. He had the second most pressures out of any interior defensive lineman from that position. His speed to power is there. And when I'm looking at DeForest Buckner, yes, he was like so hard for me not to put at number three because of his season in 2018. But Kenny Clark is very underrated. And I think he needs to be on more people's radars. Um, I think Kenny Clark is someone who is able to stop the run. Um, but also, you know, if it's a, if he's supposed to just be stopping the run on one play, however, he sees, you know what, it's a play action. He's going to go off the quarterback. He's able to adapt uh, to the offensive lineman's uh, movement in whatever scheme they're trying to run. And I think the force Buckner had a drop off. Now you could say that could be due to scheme or whatever it may be, right? You have more people coming in. You have Solomon Thomas, you have Eric Armstead, you have Nick Bosa, who's new, D Ford, who's new. So maybe that took away from some of the things DeForest Buckner was doing last year. But when looking at, at, at which player is better, I think a better run stuffer is Kenny Clark. And I think they have very similar pass rush schemes. That's why I went Kenny Clark at three here. I, I went with Buckner just because, like, his game slowed down, but they added so many key pieces on the, that defensive line. And I think – I just think that, like, Buckner was kind of like – like, his greatness was kind of, like, overshadowed because, like, you watch, like, his film and you just – you could just look up his highlights. Like, he's he's an animal. Like, he's six seven, three hundred 300-plus pounds, and he's – one of the most athletic players in the NFL, honestly. Like, his explosiveness is just freakish at points and times. And I think I think I think Kenny Clark is good, but I don't think he I don't think he's passed Buckner yet. And I don't know if he ever will. So who do you have it for? Because Buckner's my four. Um, I think I already stated it. I mean, the guy is insane. I hope he's get back to that. He gets back to that 2018 form uh, when he's with the Colts, which that was my number one need for them going into the draft, and they fixed it. I mean, it's like the Bills with Stefan Diggs, which you guys all know I love. Like, you're either going to trade up and you're going to try and get Derek Brown giving up more than you did for DeForest Buckner, or you're going to get DeForest Buckner as your first-round pick and – I mean, at 13, DeForest I Buckner. I think he's worth it. Yeah, yeah DeForest Buckner is a lot better than the 13th best player in a class. So, um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Jake, who do you have at number four? I have uh, I have Fletcher Cox, and okay. I think I think that's a little controversial because you know he didn't play that well but he I just think like he's just such a beast you just I mean like what do you he only played however many games last year because he got hurt or he didn't I mean he just didn't have it he didn't get hurt my my, he just didn't play that well but I still think like he's just I just think he's a beast like 
I just think you just look at him and he's super athletic and he's a beast and he didn't play very well last year. But I think if he goes back to 2018, I think he goes back to number four. And I think he is number four. Okay, yeah. So, I I mean, Fletcher Cox, sorry, was very hard for me to leave off this list. I don't have him in my top five. I think when you're looking at a Philadelphia team, last year, I, going into the season, I would have said uh, Fletcher Cox, he's the, best defensive, he's the best defensive player that the Eagles have had since Brian Dawkins, in my opinion. And, I mean, that is saying a lot for that Eagles team. But he was, you know, they had Jason Kelsey on the offense, really as a heart and soul of that. And then Fletcher Cox was that defense. We talk about a middle linebacker usually manning, manning up a, a, a defensive scheme and calling out what's happening. Fletcher Cox does that for that Eagles team, which is why it's so hard for me to leave him off. But I thought Kenny Clark, you guys, I, you heard my opinions on it. And then Cameron Hayward um, was actually my fifth best uh, interior defensive lineman. So Cameron Hayward, when, you, when you're looking at him, had the third most pressures among all defensive linemen. And he also had six pass deflections. I think Cameron Hayward is someone who we need to really like wake up to, kind of like Kenny Clark, um, a, a guy who really has consistently done uh, what he did last year. But for some reason, I'm not sure why it's not picked up on. Um, nine sacks last year, the year before that, eight sacks, the year before that, 12 sacks. Uh, he's also playing uh, interior defensive line and then, You'll hear me talk about this more when we're talking about approximate value, which is uh, uh, something that Pro Football Reference does, which tells you, you know, last year this player was uh, this many points. And usually I think the highest I've seen, I think it goes to like a scale of 25 or whatever. But if you're above 15 or something, uh, 15, 16, if you're above that, which he was last year, you are doing something right uh, in terms of, every single move that uh, is charted, right? They take all the advanced metrics, they blend it into some formula and it comes out with this number. And I think when you're looking at that and you'll hear me get to this later again, but uh, this is a player who I think is incredibly stepped on. He's able to be active at the point of attack and a player that I really like. I'm getting 23 QB hits last year, Jake. I mean, I, I think... I mean, if we were going to do six, Cameron Hayward would probably be six. But I went with – and I don't know if you're going to like this, but I went with Akeem Hicks. And, you know, he's it's so really – old, Jake. I don't – He's. I know he's old. I know he's old. But he's still – he's like a presence on that defense. Like, they missed him last year. Like, he only played, what, five games last year? Yeah, he didn't play a lot. But, like, yeah, is, that, think, is that some of the wear and tear? He's not as explosive in those five games. I'm not sure if – Akeem Hicks won't be in my – Akeem Hicks he's wouldn't. Only, he's, only, he's only 30, dude. It's not like he's – Ah, but, uh, dude, I feel like he's uh, – he seems so much older. You have to give me that. It feels like he's 35 or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was yeah. because he only played five games last year that I'm not high on him. At all, Cameron Hayward's thirty-one, dude. Yeah, but he's still explosive, Jake, and he's not getting injured. I mean, he played all but one game in the last three seasons. He's played every single game except for um, three, 
and then okay nine so he what happened in 2016 or something so he missed nine in 2016 but other than that he's only missed uh four other games in his entire career 10 seasons i know i know it's just like i was talking to you about this earlier this interior defensive lineman was hard for me just because like it's hard to like narrow them down in my opinion past buckner jones and donald but I think I think Akeem Hicks is still a, a huge presence on that Chicago defense. Yeah. Would you have, with my little spiel on uh, Kenny Clark, would you put Kenny Clark above uh, Akeem Hicks now? Did I persuade you to do that? Maybe. 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 Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> maybe I hope uh, – maybe, maybe it's a little bit uh, of hope for me right there. So let's move on to edge rushers. Because I think we have pretty similar feelings about defensive linemen. I just have Kenny Clark uh, a lot higher than you do. Um, let's move on to edge rushers, though. Who do you have at number one, Jake? I have Khalil Mack. And I have Khalil Mack because, you know, a player's impact, like, I don't think it's always measured in stats. And we'll, get, we'll see that when I go talk about my linebackers. But I think Khalil Mack is just his impact his presence and it, it can't always be measured in stats like I, no one is double teamed or triple teamed in the NFL more than Khalil Mack and he has when Akeem Hicks was gone he had no other help on that Bears defensive line and I just think like I don't know how you don't put Khalil Mack as number one well I didn't uh this was very hard how for me. how this was do you very hard Khalil for me Mack Jake, number one? Jake this was so hard for me I'll let you take a stab at you know if you, if, you, if you go Cam if you go Cameron Jordan that's respectable. No, Cameron Jordan was oh not. Oh my god. Cameron Jordan was not <laughs> until number five for me. Um, oh my god, are you joking? So you know it's a three-four edge rusher who I have at this position. I'm going to give you another guess. I don't even. I don't even want to. If it's not, dude. If it's not it's Cameron Jordan or Miles. If it's not Cameron Jordan or Khalil Mack, then I don't know who's your number one. Vaughn Miller was my number one. Oh, my God, dude. Are you joking? I'm not Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller. Jake, this guy has been in the league for eight years and has 106 sacks. 106 sacks in eight years. And guess what? He missed eight sacks last year. Eight sacks last year. All right. I don't – It's last year. No, no, okay, because look at the years before that, 14 and a half, 10, 13 and a half. You just said it wasn't all about stats. This is a guy who can get it done either in the run-stuffing game with 46 yeah, tackles, a guy, Miller, who can, a guy who is smart, who can able – we talk, talk about him dropping back in coverage, but if you want him to guard the flat on a screen out, he picks those up beautifully. This is a guy who plays all over the field, is the heart and soul of that defense. You said that stuff couldn't be measured just a couple minutes ago, so you can't go back on your word here. Yeah, no I'm doubt in my mind, he's a measured. Super Bowl winner. Von- he won them that Super Bowl. He went back to back with that. Peyton Manning was great, but look, Von Miller. Von Miller did not win them that Super Bowl. Peyton Manning won them that Super Bowl. Oh, I, okay. Von Miller was the heart of that defense. And look, this defense has been something that the as a Chiefs uh, watcher, right? Because it's all we get in Kansas City. Watching them play the Broncos every single week is scary. Patrick Mahomes had to throw it with his left hand because of Von Miller, okay? Von Miller, he, he does damage, okay? 
216 QB hits in his season, in the, all those seasons. This is a guy who it's not all about stats, but if you want to look at stats, is consistently the top of his game every year. And yes, he had a drop-off last year, but I don't expect that to continue. He has Bradley Chubb that he's mentoring. This is a team uh, and a player specifically that I think deserves to be number one on this list. And yes, it was hard for me not to choose Khalil Mack because of all the reasons you mentioned. But if you don't have Von Miller in your top three, I'm going to be upset. He's not. He's not even in my top five. What? Jake. Listen, 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 listen. Are you not in your top five? You're not telling me Von Miller's not a top five edge rusher. No, no. If I'm, if I'm a team going into the 2020 season and I get a pick an edge rusher that I want on my team, I'm taking Khalil Mack. And like you can, okay. Yes. I made the argument that it's not always measured in stats, but if you have if you have Bradley Chubb on the other side and you're only getting eight sacks, that is terrible. Bradley Chubb is stealing them. He's a robber. Exactly. If Vaughn Miller was the number one, he wouldn't have someone stealing his sacks. Well, you know what? He's on the left side. Yes. The better tackles are on the left side. Bradley Chubb gets the right outside. Oh my God. No. All right. All right. Well, let's move on to number two. Vaughn Miller. I have Cameron Jordan. Cameron Jordan. Cam Jordan. All right. All right. I respect that. Uh, Cam Jordan fell. I mean, I'd Khalil Mack here. Uh, and then at number three, which – number three, I had Miles Garrett. I had Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones didn't make my top five. How? Um, how? How? How does – You can look. Dude, I mean, I, he I had chose – 19. He had 19 sacks last year, and he doesn't make your top five. Yeah, he didn't. Is Miles Garrett in your top five? Yes, yes. Okay, so then we can agree on this, okay? Miles Garrett should have been or was in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year, if not for his incident, with, you know, whatever happened. Choice words may have been said. That's all still on the air, speculation. This is a guy who was going into that so hard and we talked about this once again we did a podcast with christian waller probably my, my favorite podcast that we've done uh going back to the 2017 class and redrafting it using uh the order of this this past year's draft i mean i talked about miles garrett and, and how great i thought he was how he wins with a variety of moves how i think his swim move is the most lethal out of any player uh in the nfl right now he's a generational edge rusher and if you want to use the comparison of you know what if I'm going to give you an edge rusher, uh, a choice of an edge rusher out of any team, I'm going to choose Miles Garrett if I'm a 4-3 team because Miles Garrett is the best 4-3 edge rusher in the NFL right now. Probably best 4-3. I'd agree with you. So he is better than Cameron Jordan. All right. Thank you. <laughs> but, dude, but dude, he's the – Miles Garrett is the best edge rusher, but if you – on a 4-3. But if I'm going to – if I have to pick between Cam Jordan and Miles Garrett, I'm going to take Cam Jordan – and Cam so Jordan's you, in a four-three-two, but I understand that you can give that edge rushing part. But Miles Garrett doesn't have the same presence that Jordan does. If Jordan is, he's the leader on that defense. So he's is Vaughn Miller. No, he's not, dude. Yes, okay, he is. Yo, yes, okay, whatever, whatever he is, we can. Okay, I'll say that he is for the sake of this argument. But if you're if you're the leader of my defense and I have the one of the best up and coming right ends, Vaughn Miller plays the left side, right? Yeah, I think he's left outside if, linebacker. I think he yeah, switches yeah. when Bradley so, Chubb's injured, but 
So if I have one of the best up and coming right outside linebackers in Bradley Chubb, and then I have the leader of my defense on the left side, and he only gets eight sacks. That was one season, Jake. Like you put a keep so hicks. What? You put a keep hicks in there. Do you? Oh. Okay. Look, we're we're gonna disagree on Vaughn Miller. I put Miles Garrett as three. You have Miles Garrett in your top five. Okay. Cam Jordan was nine number five. So it really comes down to who do I have at number four that's different than you have at number four, right? I have I have TJ Watt. Okay, we we agree on something here. That's yeah. good. That's good if you agree on something. So, actually, you know, who would be your number six? Because Chandler Jones would be my number six. Would Vaughn Miller be How your number you six? How do you not have a man who had 19 sacks in the last year, not in your top five? Because he didn't do it consistently the past couple of years. He had 19, 13, 17, 11, and 12 and a half in the past five years. That's not consistent enough for you? Maybe I was a little bit mistaken. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little bit mistaken. But um I would say here that Chandler Jones, I feel like I mean you can agree with me. Chandler Jones wasn't as big of a deal uh until this past year, right? I think he had seventeen sacks two years ago. Right, but I still didn't hear like, oh, Chandler Jones. You got to watch out for Chandler Jones. He no, wasn't dude, something yes, that you yeah, caught. You want to know why I did? You want to know why I did? Go look up a video of Aaron Jones. There's these things where you push off on him for defensive linemen. He literally broke the metal part off with one of his pushes. That, like, yeah, he's that's an insane. animal. Maybe I'm a little bit mistaken here on Chandler Jones. But you're, I still, I, I still sleep, want to. You're sleeping on Cameron Jones. Or Chandler, Chandler Jones. Chandler, Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, Chandler Jones the I'm... best edge rusher. Uh, <laughs> maybe I am sleeping on uh, Chandler Jones a little bit. But I do think uh, we can agree here on TJ Watt. Eight forced fumbles, 14 and a half sacks. I think he should have been defensive player of the year. Um, animal. Absolute animal. Yeah, he, he's insane. And then, of course, I finish up with Cam Jordan, who he had at number two. I guess I like Vaughn Miller a lot. Um, we can go back and say it's not about stats, which is my argument. He's consistently a pro bowler all but one season. He's injured uh, in multiple different games. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's an icon. He is the heart and soul of that defense. He's been the only one really with them throughout now that Chris Harris is gone. I put him at number one. Um, I I totally agree that – Somewhere, I don't know who I would take off for Chandler Jones, but Chandler Jones should definitely be in my top five. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Miles Garrett is my number three. Hey, your number five is Miles Garrett, right? Yeah. Okay. We're going to agree to disagree there uh, on Vaughn Miller, but I do agree. You know what? How I changed your mind about Kenny Clark, you changed mine about uh, – Chandler Jones. So, any parting notes on on that edge rushers, on those edge rushers? I mean, I don't know how you had Vaughn Miller in your top five and didn't have Chandler Jones, but I mean, we'll we'll agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. We're all about uh, going into linebackers now, and I think top two is very, very easy. Um, And I think we're going to get a little bit angry at number three from what you've told me in, in our lead-ups. 
But number one, Bobby Wagner. Yep. Number two, Darius Leonard. Yep. You guys can read all you want about those two players. Darius Leonard is a tackle machine. He's able to somehow rush uh, and stop the run from the inside. Uh, he's an outside linebacker, but he basically plays on the inside in that scheme because they run a 4-3. I'm excited to see what he does next to DeForest Buckner in the Bobby Wagner. Done it consistently. I mean, uh, who would you have have actually, Luke Keekley or Bobby Wagner at number one? I would, if, if Luke Keekley was still in the NFL, I'd have Luke Keekley. Okay, so I, we would be the same there. But Bobby Wagner is still a stud. Um, let's, let's get to – because I have a feeling we're going to differ very, very much. Buffalo bias may hint, hint to this a little bit. Tremaine Edmonds is my number three linebacker. Give me your number I three in your initial reaction. Mostly. Okay. I have CJ Mosley, and I'll tell you why. He was – he rightfully so is the highest paid – if Darius Leonard will reach this one day, but as of right now, rightfully so, C.J. Mosley is the highest-paid NFL linebacker, and that is yeah. 100% okay. Like he deserves every ounce of money that he's been, or every cent of money he's been getting. But he forced 15 turnovers in four years on the Baltimore defense, and that was a stacked Baltimore defense. You know, and he was hurt last year, so he fell off, and I think. I think, I think that's recency did. bias, and I feel the same exact thing with C.J. Mosley. We all lose. I think a, a lot of people were calling for, you know, that those Jets organization because they signed him to this such massive deal, him and Le'Veon Bell, and neither of them produced performed. last year. Yeah, performed up to standards, and I agree. Le'Veon Bell shouldn't have been given that contract with what we've seen from other running backs, but. C.J. Mosley, I think it's all recency bias. Like, you forget about how great he is. I had him at number five. Um, or, sorry, number four. He's very, very good. He struggled last year, partially, like you said, new injury, a new injury, new scheme. But we can't lose sight of what he did in Baltimore, what made him that highly paid player. Um, and then with him healthy and Avery Williamson healthy, I think that, is a linebacker pairing that could compete with Buffalo for best in the league. Seattle's the best in the league, but well, you know, that's a that's a conversation. You have KJ Wright in this? Is KJ Wright? No, he's in he's not he's not he's not in my top five, but okay. he is. But but Seattle's best linebacker in the league. All right, all right. Well, let me tell you about Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds, 83-inch wingspan. He has the perfect body, and he's going to be the second-best linebacker next season out of Bobby Wagner retirement. I don't want Bobby Wagner to retire, but you I'm calling he's going to retire? Now. I think Bobby Wagner will retire next year, and rightfully so, Tremaine Edmonds will take the cake as the best linebacker. He is able to play man at an efficient pace. Wait, when hold, you on, look hold, at on, the hold on, hold on, hold on. As the best, as the best linebacker or the second best linebacker? Best linebacker. I think he'll be so better. You think, than so Darius you think he's going to be better than Darius Leonard? I think Darius Leonard's going to fall off a little bit. Bobby Wagner's going to retire. Tremaine Memmans going to get his picks up because that's really the only thing. Like you know, grabby, attention-grabbing player. Tremaine Edmonds, he's all that if you watch him play, but he doesn't have the stats to really pad it up to make sure if you don't look into the advanced stuff, oh, Tremaine Edmonds, he's the guy. And I think that's maybe why you didn't have him in your top five. Tremaine Edmonds, though, perfect body. And if he can stop the run more consistently, he's an instinctive linebacker who has the 
who has the ability to uh, play and pass coverage at one of the highest levels that I've seen any linebacker do it in. He's almost like a cornerback. And you guys know how I talk about, you know, you need a Buffalo nickel or a Buffalo cornerback uh, at that number two position. Tremaine Edmonds is effectively that in the slot a lot of the time. Um, if you look at completion percentage allowed, he is 52.6% uh, completion allowed. For reference, uh, the average linebacker allows 78% completion rate, okay? So he is second in the league right behind Bobby Wagner in completion percentage allowed. Yards per target, 3.4 yards per target. He's keeping everything in front of him. And yards after kept per reception, he gets to him quickly or Matt Milano gets to him quickly. That's what happens, 3.3 yards after the catch. Nothing is getting past this guy. He's able to uh, know where the ball is at every single moment. He dissects the defense. He's always calling out where people are, or what scheme they're running, if they're in gun bunch or whatever it may be. That's why I love Tremaine Redmonds. And I, that's why I think I have to have him at number three because, yes, he's probably number four or five based on last season, maybe even six. But looking into next season, which is what we're ranking these players for, Tremaine Edmonds will be the third best linebacker at least. And that is being just, you know what, I'm going to have to pad. Bobby Wagner is still in the league right now. Darius Leonard has had an amazing season. That's what I will say about Tremaine Edmonds. I value a pass coverage linebacker. That's what he can give me. Um, I don't mean to be rude here, but he's a fat safety playing linebacker, Glenn. A he's fat just, safety playing he's linebacker. A fat, he's a fat safety playing linebacker. He's not fat. He's not fat. He cannot stop the run to save his life. He is. Oh my God. He he can't. He can't. I agree with you. He's one of the. You best want to know why? Ever. Because he can't get to the runner because that Buffalo defensive line is so good. I mean, you're talking oh, about a stacked oh, yeah. defensive line. Ed mm -hmm. Oliver's on there. Star Lutulele. Harrison Phillips, who was injured last year, but you know what? He gets in there. You can really start going. Jordan Phillips was rushing the passer from that position last year. Trent Murphy on the edge. Jerry Hughes on the edge. This is a team, Buffalo defense that made sure. You know what? We haven't seen it from you yet, Tremaine. That means you can't do it in the eyes of a lot of people. But next year, you know what? When you really start feeling yourself, when you really start getting going, that's when he'll pop off. And he's not a fat safety on the linebacker's body. That is he his is. brother, is. Terrell. That's, his, that's, that's Terrell Edmonds. I think you're getting no. confused, Jake. But he cannot stop the run. If he could stop the run, he's my number three. But he cannot stop the run. If I'm going to have an interior – or an inside linebacker, he has to be able to stop the run, dude. I I don't know how you don't. He has to stop the run. He you can't tell me that he run. doesn't have all the traits to do that. Yeah, he has all the traits to do it, but he he doesn't do it. He doesn't because do it. he can't get to the fucking. Okay, he can't get to the run. What do you mean he can't get to the ball? Because <laughs> the defensive line is so good. Oh, no one wants oh, to run yeah. on this team because Matt Milano's back there. Matt Milano, by the way, underrated player. Matt Milano is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And I don't have my top five. I, he's not in my top six if I had to elect someone. Fred Warner would be my sixth best guy. But Matt Milano, man, he is a top ten linebacker, probably top eight in my book. <laughs> um, let's move on, though. We're going to agree to disagree there. Who's your number four? Anthony Barr, baby. Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr is an animals you want to talk about measurables that is anthony barr he is hang on hang on let's compare these measurables he was, he was made I'm, I'm gonna pull up factory. i'm gonna pull up i'm gonna pull up uh tremaine Edmonds measurables right now 
Okay. He's they're the same height. I think Anthony Barr's just got about thirty pounds on him. All right, so let's compare measurables. Uh, do you have Anthony Barr's pulled up, or do I need? I, I'll pull him up real quick. I can. Oh, okay. So the height of um, Tremaine Edmonds, six, six four and a half. I think what's Anthony Barr? Six five. Okay. Weight, I think uh, two fifty three for Tremaine Edmonds. What's Anthony Barr? Two forty seven. Okay. And then the arm length, so the wingspan, which is, I bet, where 85 inches for Tremaine Edmonds and 80 inches for Anthony Barr. Uh, also, 4.6 um, for the combine, 50 for Anthony Barr, um, 4.66, and then 4.53 for Tremaine Edmonds. So if you want to talk about measurables, it is Tremaine Edmonds all the way for measurables. Okay, yeah, and tone of. Tona Passigno coming out of college, the Chiefs defensive end, had like 5% body fat, dude. Measurables are not – don't tell the whole story. Go ahead. Continue with your Anthony Barr. I just – dude, he's, a, he's an animal. His, his true value is not – like we've been saying, his true value isn't reflected in his statistics. He opens up opportunities for the rest of the defense. He does. I can't agree that he's better than Tremaine Edmonds. I'm sorry, I can't. And I don't think he's better than Matt Milano either. All right, let's look at Levante David at my number four spot. Uh, you had Darius Leonard number two. I did too. Levante David is just an older Darius Leonard. I mean, if look, you can look up the stats. They are very comparable in the sense that tackle machines who are able to rush the passer from that outside linebacker spot in a 4-3 scheme who can also – play some in zone pass coverage. That's what Levante David is. And then I finish up with CJ Mosley at number five. Um, who's your number five? And then do you agree with Levante David at number four? Well, I had Barr. So um, my number five is my number five is Van Der Esch. And, you know, he only started 11 games in 18 and he had 140 combined tackles. Yeah. But tell me what played- he did in 2019, Jake. He was hurt. He was hurt. You cannot so blame nothing. that on. He had he had seventy ta- he had seventy combined tackles in nine games. Sean Lee's good. better. Oh my god, dude. Oh. My. All right. <laughs> oh. So we differ a lot on linebackers. I love Tremaine Edmonds. I think we agree with the top two, but uh, C.J. Mosley, of course, I have at number five. Jake has at number three. But Levante David and Tremaine Edmonds are my three and four, and then four and five for Jake are two players uh, that I wouldn't consider top linebackers in Lane Vanderush and Anthony Barr. I think they're top ten, but not top five at all. With all that being said, let's move on to cornerbacks where I would hope, uh, for the sake of God, that we have the same <laughs> number one cornerback defensive player of the year, Jake. Stephon Gilmore. Okay, good. Uh, he's a Buffalo corner, not a Belichick corner. Just want to clear that up. He was made in Buffalo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> picked off of this because Bill Belichick can only seem to sign cornerbacks and let go all defensive linemen. Um, I, did you notice that, Jake? He never signs any other position besides uh, offensive line or cornerback. Like, look at look at if it's not if it's not secondary or offensive linemen, you shouldn't be going to the Patriots. Like to kill Harry, sign his best, death still, sentence. Like, just still had the best it. defense. Still yeah, had the best it. defense in the NFL. 
Well, it all relies on what we're talking about here. All the other positions don't matter in Bill Belichick's mind. It's all about these cornerbacks. So number two, uh, after Stephon Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Year, we can talk about him. Uh, more if, if you would want Jake, anything to say about him? Um, I just, he's, if, you, if my life was on the line and I needed someone to not catch a pass and I got to pick the cornerback, I would pick Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Um, I'm going to have Trey White here at number two. And I got to say, he, he is an average value or, or of 18. He is one of the smartest players. He got a full ride to high school, got a full ride uh, to LSU. And yes, it was for football in the end, but he could have done it for his uh, uh, scholarly activities in his academics. Uh, Trey White. I, yeah, I mean, Trey White is like, <laughs> Trey White is the Ethan Birding of, uh, of, um, of the NFL. He is hockey knowledge through the roof. He could be a professional hockey player right now, Jake. Did you know that? I, I really you didn't know that, right? He's the NFL's most marketable cornerback. He had a 45 opponent passer rating. So when you're throwing to Travis White, you're throwing your stats in your career under the bus. And this is with no one else by him. So everyone else was targeting that second corner in Buffalo because Tredavious White was the second best cornerback making his way to number one, all right, when he finally becomes a free agent next year and Brandon Bean can't resign because he spent all his money on frickin' A.J. Epinesa and god dang, like, Vernon Butler, uh, Mario Addison. Like, Mario Addison, Jake. They're paying him $33 million. The guy's 33 (laughs) years old. (laughs) Anyways, all that being said, when Buffalo steal, when Buffalo loses Tre'Davious White to none other than Bill Belichick or uh, whatever may happen, Tre'Davious White will be the best corner in the league someday if he's not already. Uh, since 2006, this is according to Sharp Football Analysis, uh, White is the only player to lead the NFL in interceptions without allowing a single touchdown. In 2019, he had six interceptions, two forced fumbles, and four tackles for loss. And yes, Jake, he only turned 25 this year. So I don't know how you don't have Trey White at number two. I'm assuming you have who, Jalen Ramsey? Yes, I do have Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, so tell me why you put him stupidly above Tredavious White. Because, like, even amid an uneven 2019 campaign, Ramsey demonstrated some superb flashes of absolute brilliance at the cornerback position. He has a tendency to freelance. I'll give you that. You know, he kind of kind of wavers a little bit. But, like, there's no denying when he is dialed in, he is dialed in. If he's dialed in, you're not catching a pass on Jalen Ramsey. I'll give it to you, you know, when he's, when he's not really focused, you know, you'll dot him up a couple of times. But when he's focused, he's absolutely brilliant. And he was focused in – Jacksonville app, but that last season we kind of just forget about that. All right, he was he has an incredibly high football IQ, and I think with a whole off season to you know kind of comprehend the Rams' defensive playbook now, um, I think he is just I think he's going to return to All Pro. Yeah, I mean he was my number three. I think recency bias, like I was talking about with. Um, C.J. Mosley hit him hard B- 
because last year was not a good season for him. Once again, he changed changed years or changed teams midway through the year. Um, different schemes, especially for cornerbacks, we've seen them struggle. Um, a player who did not struggle changing schemes uh, will be coming up at number five for me. Who did you have at number three, though, Jake? Because I agree with I had, you. I had, I had Trey White. Okay. So we just flip-flopped those two. I believe passionately in Trey White as the number two cornerback. I think the, those two, uh, there's a major drop-off after them. Um, Jalen Ramsey was my three, though. Once again, recency bias fails him. Struggled adapting to a new scheme. That Rams team was just horrible in every different like way last year, though. I don't know what was happening over there, but hopefully for the sake of the NFL and an LA team uh, can finally be decent. Um, who'd you have at number four though, Jake? I had, um, I had Marlon Humphrey. Okay. So I had Marlon Humphrey at number four as well. Um, just a good all around player. I mean, when you're looking at Marlon Humphrey, he's able to, uh, blitz almost from that slot position and inside out cornerback and a player who I think is only getting better every season. You don't want to throw to uh, up in Baltimore. And then my number five actually goes, these paired right with Marlon Humphrey. I had Marcus Peters at number five. And I, like you were talking about with Jalen Ramsey, when he's locked in, he is locked in uh, some of the seasons that Marcus Peters has had in terms of like big plays you wouldn't believe. Let me pull them up right here. Um, so Marcus Peters last year uh, in the NFL, when he was playing with the Ravens, he had uh, three interceptions uh, in with one team. And then he also had 53 tackles, 40 solo tackles, 13 assists and a tackle for a loss. Uh, he's has an average uh, score or whatever – pro football reference of 21, which is the highest out of any quarter cornerback that we've talked about besides Stefan Gilmore. Uh, this is a player who is able to um, get touchdowns out the wazoo. Uh, he had three uh, touchdowns last year. Uh, he had eight touchdowns uh, in total, or sorry, six touchdowns in total, eight touchdowns in his rookie season with the Chiefs. Yes, he's a hothead in, in some circumstances, and yes, he's on and off. But when you're talking about Marcus Peters, I think you have to have him in the conversation for a top six, seven cornerback in the NFL. I mean, Marlon Humphrey is 23, and he only started 15 games last year. I'm pretty sure Marcus started all 16. Marlon Humphrey had 65 tackles, 14 passes defended, three interceptions, two forced fumbles. Yeah, I mean, those are very comparable stats to Peters, and Humphrey's only 23, and I also believe Humphrey was first-team All-Pro, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Um, I think it was Gilmore and White. I'm going to look real quick. Let me look, but continue. Yeah, I just think Marlon Humphrey's better than – I think he's the best corner on Baltimore. Oh, I agree with that. I'm just saying at number five – Marcus Peters is my number five. Who who do you have a number five? So how do you how do you agree that he's the best he's the best corner on Baltimore, but you have him but you don't have Humphrey? No, Humphrey's my number four. Peters is oh, my number five. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. I just went on to Peters because we agreed to, about Marcus Humphrey or Marlon Humphrey. Um 
let's see. Yep, first team all pro last year for Marlon Humphrey. Um, who was your number five though to finish this cornerback uh, situation up? Um, I had uh, this. Okay, so we've been talking about this, but this is for next season in terms of how like how players are going to pan out. Hey, I had. I had I had Jair Alexander. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. I I agree with you. He was hard for me not to put him on my list. I think he has the speed and the agility um, to move with every single wide receiver in the league. And we're talking about wide receivers like um, like let's just say this past season, Jerry Judy with his route running, and then you also have to take into account you know C.D. Lamb at the point of attack and Henry Ruggs with his speed. Jair Alexander is able to match up with all those players. Yes. Um, he just and, he stays in the receivers like hip pocket like so well like he's, yeah like his hip movements like he can flip back and forth like with ease. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's a player that you really have to like watch Packers games to to um, see the skill of. But I think we agree. With this, this is probably the unit we agree most with. Stephon Gilmore at one, Tredavis White, you agreed, was number two um, ahead of Jalen Ramsey. You changed your mind there. I'm speaking for you. Jalen Ramsey <laughs> at number three, Marlon Humphrey at number four, and then Marcus Peters or Jair Alexander. I would take either of them at number five. Um, just out of curiosity, who would be your sixth? At my number six? Um. Probably Peters, if not Desmond King. Yeah, Desmond Desmond King's actually a nice one to throw in there. Chris Harris, almost like I feel like uh, he, he's he's washed. He's washed. Okay. Well, before we get more controversy at that position. Oh, maybe Sherman. Maybe Richard Sherman. Dude, Richard Sherman. I saw some stat out there that like just shredded Richard Sherman. I'll, I'll try and find it and send it to you, but. And then we can talk about it on the next podcast as well. But there was some stat. I'm trying to remember what it was. It just yeah, shredded Burnham is terrible too. Yeah. Um, let's move on to safety, though. Number one, I hope we have the same safety here. Um, let's I don't see, think though. we will. Who's yours? For the 2020 season, the best safety will be Tyron Matthew. Holy he can cover anybody on the field, say or running back, tight end, wide receiver, anybody. He can play the slot. He can play free safety. He can be the nickel corner. He can be the outside corner. He's dominant. He's dominant in man and zone. I mean, there's not much he can't do in coverage. Okay, he's undersized. He's only five nine, and he's listed at one hundred eighty six pounds, but he's a bullet. Dude, he makes every tackle. It is insane. I don't like. I don't. I don't remember. I'm sure he did, but I don't remember see him losing a tackle at all last year. He's aggressive. He's amazing closing. His closing speed to the ball and to the attack is incredible. And he doesn't miss tackles. He he doesn't miss tackles. And a healthy Matthew was. He's one of the NFL's best defenders since probably 2015. And projecting to 2020, it's I can easily see him as the number one safety. Easily. Yeah. Um Tyron Matthew is my number three safety. Oh my god. Three 
three, Quinn. And it's oh. what you said. He's undersized, and that scares me. You know I love in-the-box safeties. In-the-box safeties are my favorite type. But Jamal Adams is the best in-the-box safety in the NFL. He's, he's the best. best. He's the best. He's the best blitzing safety he's in the, the NFL. Be- okay, right. And he, he's able to play in the box. He's not a slacker in coverage. He's the, you can agree. He's the number one uh, blitzer, run stopper out of any safety in the NFL, right? Yeah. Okay. Best, blitz, best he's, blitzing. He's I the think, best blitzing safety. Then I think he is number three in coverage. No, uh, number four in coverage, I'd put him probably. Because I think I have my number two Tyron's better in coverage. And then I think my number four is also better in coverage. But I think just, I think the best the best coverage safety is Justin Simmons. Okay, and I have Justin Simmons number two. So you have him at two. I do have Justin Simmons. He's at like two. five. Really, really. So who do you have at two? Adams. Okay. All right. So wait, who's your three then? Minka. My three, Minka. Okay. So I guess I just had Simmons a lot higher. Uh, I took this from PFF. Among safeties who have taken more than 200 snaps and have been targeted more than 25 times the first 16 weeks, Simmons has only received, uh, has not only received the highest coverage grade of 90.5, but the highest overall grade at 90.4. So he is the best coverage safety. If you're looking at a safety in, the, in today's NFL, they're either going to play in the box and be especially there, or they're going to be in coverage and they're going to be especially there. This is a player who can play in man, play in zone. That's why I love Justin Simmons. I think he also doesn't slack horribly uh, when rushing the passer out of a, like a slot position. If you want him to do that, he doesn't stop the run effectively. But that's not what he's asked to do. When you have Bradley Chubb and you have Vaughn Miller, yeah. the best edge rusher in the NFL. Um, so okay. I think okay. Justin Simmons is definitely my number two safety. I think Jamal Adams is my number one. I don't disagree with you uh, having Jamal Adams at number two, but Tyron was my number three there. So. How how do you put how do you put Simmons ahead of Tyron? How I valued coverage more. I think that then why'd if, you put then why'd you put Adams at number one? Adams is an in the box safety. He's not a coverage safety. No, because I value coverage more than uh more than Tyron's ability to stop the run. I value having elite coverage ability than like stud. But Tyron does have elite coverage ability. He's not the, like the best. Justin Simmons, you agreed, is the best coverage. Yeah, but that's all. But NFL. that's all he is, though. Justin Simmons that's cannot all make it. That's he has to do, though. That's he can't make a tackle in the open to... field. Oh my God! We can't. Where do you see that? He just he can't make a tackle. You go back. Where do you, you go see back that? And watch. Go watch. Go watch the Chiefs game at. Go watch the when the Denver comes to the Chiefs and it's the snow game. Simmons cannot make a tackle in the open field. He can't. All right, I'll go back and watch that, and I'll, I'll come back to you with a full report on uh, whenever we next record on that podcast. I'm going to start it off with a monologue on why Justin Simmons <laughs> is the number two cornerback after I watch that game. Um, Tyron, though, I, I agree he's a great player. He's just a little bit undersized. I think he's just like three or four in both categories. He doesn't do anything extremely, extremely well. He does everything great. Um, he's not the best at anything, basically. Uh, and then Minka, I think, is instincts. He's the best. He's the best stopping the run safety. Can we agree on that? Who? Tyron. Tyron. No, Adams is. Are you? Jo- oh my god! So you're telling me? You're telling me if if 
the Titans played the Jets, that Derrick Henry would have the same or a worse performance? No, because they're totally different teams. But, the Jets okay. don't only have Tyron. <laughs> the Jets don't only have like if you're looking at the Chiefs defense, this is one of the best defenses in the NFL. When you're looking at the Jets, this is a bottom that's, five. That's a, that's a hot take. Chiefs are one of the best defenses in the NFL. I do think last year they were one of the best defenses in the NFL uh, compared to. I think like, I think on the back I think on the back eight they were, but I don't know about the front. I eight. would have them probably in my top ten. Like they'd be on the edge of that top ten. Um. I'm just Pretty thinking good. right now, like, when you're looking at the defensive line, it was kind of insane last year. Like, yeah. especially because you have Ogba there. I know they the lost him. Naughty. Like, those players are underrated. I'm did excited. Ogba, did Ogba go to did Ogba Miami? Miami? Yeah. yeah. That's why I don't think there'll be one last next year, but ugh. I mean, Ogba is underrated, cool. man. Ogba is super he is. underrated. Yes. Um. Worse than uh, worse than Chandler Jones now, though. Uh, he is. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. So, number four for you was Minka? Or number three was Minka? Number three was Minka. Number four with Har- was Harrison Smith. Okay, Harrison Smith. And five Smith's was Justin five. Simmons. So, I just, put Sim- I just put Simmons above. Ahead of everybody. Above yeah, everybody. Ahead of everyone. Yeah. Which I, th- I think is respectable. Uh, instincts for Minka, you can see the change in that Pittsburgh yeah. defense. Like Pittsburgh, I I thought that was about the stupidest trade that Pittsburgh could have made. I thought they were not no chance at the playoffs, which and they ended up not making. But they were but super they, close. They yeah. were super close. If, if they if they had beat the Bills, didn't they lose that? If they had beat yeah, the they Bills lost that game. Were, they if they had beat game. the Bills, was that in Buffalo or was that in Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Uh, Trey White had like three interceptions. It was like if you yeah, want if, to if, watch if, someone go off, yeah. Trey White went off in that game. If if Big Ben had been in that game, I think. I think Pittsburgh would have won. That Buffalo defense was very much on point that game. Like Tyron. So was, so was the Steelers though. So was the Steelers though. Or is Josh Allen just off? Nah, Josh All Allen. Right. Not <laughs> Josh Allen quarterback. was always off last year. I'm gonna be honest. He wasn't playing right. that great. Um, didn't they beat? Did didn't they beat the Ravens last year though? Uh, no. Don't bring that game up in my memory. It was literally one play beat them. They were yeah. they were like neck and neck with the Ravens that entire game, and then one like seam route from Hayden Hurst, which or, or, or <laughs> yeah, it was like Hayden Hurst, and just no one's guarding him. Like Teron Johnson is on this guy, and Teron Johnson just like looks to the sideline like he's coming off of the field, and then hey, the play starts, and Hayden Hurst, like Lamar Jackson, lobs the ball up that play. Uh, how hard I yelled all I re- that, all I remember is happened. from when Josh Allen's rushing touchdown that game. Yeah, because that was like that tied it, and then they got the two point. Yeah, that game was. If yeah, if you're gonna go back and watch a game, I think that underrated like best game of the season. No, it was the same. It was the Saints and Forty ers That was the best game of the year. Well, if you want scoring. Yeah, and who wants to watch defense though? Buffalo Bills fans. All right, <laughs> let's finish up this podcast here. We uh, agreed mostly on the back half uh, with the secondary where it matters, according to Bill Belichick. Um, any parting words, though, Jake? This was a this was a pretty fun episode. I think we had some good conversations, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Definitely, definitely. I'm learning not to sleep on Chandler Jones, not to sleep on Kenny Clark. Emmanuel Agba is a sleeper 
um, edge rusher as Jake almost dies uh, and turns off his bike. Uh, but I am at Quinn Benson 20 is my Twitter at locked up KC is our Twitter. And then at Jake underscore Degnan is where you can find Jake on Twitter. Make sure you guys hit us up with all your questions, uh, anything you want us to do uh, in a future podcast. I think we're going to try and do uh, what is it? AFC or AFC South next uh, AFC South draft grades. I think more we're next going to do. Um, but this was a fun episode to record and uh, hopefully we, we see you uh, next week. Bye guys.